Come on, I need you to say it with conviction. This is God's word. word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open, and I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you for this great day that you have made. We're choosing to rejoice and be glad. And Father, as we come gathered to hear from the Spirit of God, I pray that every heart here will be open to hear what the Spirit is saying to them. And I pray, Father, that as I back up, you will step up. And, Father, people will hear not what a man is saying, but they will hear what God is saying. And I thank you today that after hearing the word of faith, their lives will be transformed. And they will see manifestation of better in their lives. And I declare that signs, miracles, and wonders will follow the word because you said your word would not return to you void. And so I thank you in advance and I give you the glory and the praise for the manifestation of your glory and your blessings in Jesus' name. And everybody say, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Last week, I started a new series entitled Faith to Move Forward. Everybody say Faith Faith. to Move Forward. And this series is directly tied to our theme for 2013. And, uh, of course, that's the direction that we're going for our church this year. And the goal of this first series is to provide spirit-filled teaching that will help strengthen your faith So that you can move forward this year. Can somebody say amen to that? And so today I want to dig deeper in what faith is and how to use it to move forward this year. And so my topic today is mountain moving faith. Mountain moving faith. And my goal today is to stir you up in faith so that you will move from one level of faith. To the next level of faith. Can somebody say amen again to that? So I want you to find two verses of scripture. Find Hebrews chapter 11 verses 1. And then I want you to find Matthew chapter 8 verses 5. That was Hebrews chapter 11 verses 1. And then Matthew chapter 8 verses 5. If you're taking notes, I'm going to give you the first point And then I'm going to reiterate what faith is. The first point that we're going to make today is faith should always be first. Faith should always be first. In other words, faith should be the starting point for any situation in life. Most of us, we start with the phone. We don't start with faith. Most of us start with complaining. We don't start with faith. 
Most of us start with how much we did or didn't make. We don't start with faith. But in order for us to be effective and move forward for 2013, faith should always be first. Now, faith, we define, is a conviction and or a belief in something to be true. It's a conviction. It's a supernatural ability for you to be able to believe God. When you got born again, he put inside of every believer the same amount of faith. But now it's up to us to utilize that faith so we can receive the promises that he's made for us in his word. Now, let me just give you a, a it's, it's not a take-home statement, but it's just a thought. You can write it down if you want to, but I'm going to read it too fast for you to do that. You can get the CD. But faith is being able to look into the future through the spiritual telescope of God's word and see and believe his promises for you. I'm going to say that again. Faith is being able to look into the future through the spiritual telescope of God's word and then see and believe his promises for you. It's being able to have supernatural futuristic vision. That's what faith is. Amen. Now, uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, if you're there, say I'm there. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Now, I pointed this out last week and I want to reiterate it today. When it says, now faith is the substance. The word substance, when you look it up, it means foundation. So here's my question. When you build a house, what's the first thing you put down in order for that house to be built? You put the foundation. So we could say faith is the beginning. It's the first thing, watch this, that we should hope for. Notice now, faith is the substance. It's the beginning of things hoped for. And the same faith is the evidence of the things not seen. In other words, when you have faith in something, you don't have to see it. Because your faith is the evidence that it exists and it belongs to you. Amen. Now, in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, you don't have to go there. I'm just going to read it to you. It says, For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. In other words, faith allows us to have victory over the world. Let me put it like this. When you are living by faith, you should win Every circumstance you're in. The Bible says God always causes us to win in Christ Jesus. You say, well, pastor, I got laid off. That's not winning. Well, you don't know the end of the story. Because God may have set you up to lose that so that you can get a job that paid better. You were just too scared to quit. Amen. Go to Hebrews eleven six. since we're in Hebrews. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, how many here want to please God? 
Amen. So you don't start pleasing God with your life first. You start pleasing God with your faith first. It says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. In other words, when I use my faith, God will reward me. And a lot of people have problems with people who serve God for something. Well, you go to work for something. You got married for something. You had kids for something. I mean, when I was growing up, they didn't have remote control TVs. The kids were the remote. Can you get up and change the channel, please? How many had that going on in your life? I mean, nowadays, I mean, heaven couldn't even believe that we didn't have remote. She said, how did, the, how did your channel get changed? I said, we had to get up and change it. <laughs> Go to Matthew chapter 8 quickly. Go to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew 8. We looked at this last week, but I want to point out something different in this verse. Matthew chapter 8. And this is the centurion. Because watch this now. When faith is first. You should start with the word and end with the word. However, when doubt is first, you start with the facts and you end with negative feelings and doubt. I'm going to say that again. When faith is first, you should start with the word and then end with the word. However, when doubt is first, you start with the facts and then you end up in doubt. That's why you have to be full of faith before you go to the doctor because he's going to give you some facts that are negative. Matthew chapter 8. We're going to start now in verse 5. If you there, say I'm there. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented and Jesus said unto him read it with me I will come what did he say now let me just impart something here before I continue it's normally our feelings of unworthiness that produces doubt so that we don't receive the promises In other words, most of us don't feel worthy. Notice I use the word feel. We don't feel worthy because we may have done something and it's locked in our memory. Even though we've asked God to forgive us, we still feel unworthy and our feelings of unworthiness produce doubt for us to receive God's promises. But see, when you walk by faith and not by sight, your feelings don't go into the equation. Now, I'm going to show you something about this guy because, see, the centurion soldier, he didn't let his feelings of unworthiness stop him from even asking Jesus for what he wanted. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Let's look at the next verse, verse 8. Then the centurion answered and said, Lord, watch this, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. Everybody say, those are negative feelings right there. He didn't feel worthy for Jesus to come into his house. But you know what I love about this guy? Even though he may have felt unworthy, he still asked Jesus for what he wanted. 
And one of the things that I want you to do before you leave today is to make up your mind that even though you may feel unworthy, you still have the right to ask God for what you want. You say, well, pastor, how is that? Just write down 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. This is what it says. For he has made him, it's talking about God, for God has made him, Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. In other words, when God sees you, he sees righteousness. So whether you feel unworthy or not, your feelings don't count when it comes to faith. Now, see, what we do, we allow the feelings to overtake our faith when the word should overtake our feelings. If he said Jesus has been made sin for me, then guess what? I'm not a sinner. He said, well, pastor, I sin. Now, listen, sinning and being a sinner are different. Being a sinner is a state. Sinning is a situation. How many have been in situations before? Let me see here. Yeah, yeah. See, the state of sin is different than the situation. In other words, a state of sin is a person who's never, ever had their sins forgiven by the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say amen to that? So faith must be first. And if you notice, he says, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. He said, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. And if you look at verse 10, when Jesus heard it, he marveled. And then he said, verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And you know what? He ended up telling the guy, go home. What you asked for has already been done. And by the time he got home, the servant was healed. And so he was curious. He said, when, when did he start get, getting well? And the Bible says about this hour. And he looked back and tracked his watch. And he said, man, that was the time that Jesus spoke the word. Sometimes the word is working and you don't know it is. You don't have to see the word working for the word to be working. You don't see electricity, but it's working. Right? Well, you don't have to see the word working. Go to Mark chapter 11. Go to Mark chapter 11. Go to Mark chapter 11. You don't have to see the word working for it to be working. And see, our problem is we walk by, by sight so much, we want to see it. We want to see it. But remember, I said faith is having a spiritual telescope looking into the word and seeing it working for you. Now, in Mark chapter 11, here's, here's the second point I want to make. Faith has a voice. Faith has a voice. And see, here's the thing. The feelings of unworthiness will keep you from verbalizing your desires. And verbalizing your desires is one of the main components of faith. In other words, the devil wants you to feel bad about what you did and where you came from and the decision you made. He wants you to feel bad because he knows that when you feel bad, you are not going to verbalize your request. And when you don't verbalize your request, that's one of the components of faith. You say, well, explain that to me, Pastor. Go to Mark chapter 11. 
Go to Mark chapter 11. Look at your neighbor and say, faith has a voice. In other words, faith must always be vocalized. In Mark chapter 11, I'm going to start reading in verse 11, and then I'm going to jump down. It says now, and Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple. And when he looked round about upon things, and now the evening time was come, he went out into Bethany with the twelve, verse 12. And on tomorrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was what? He was hungry. And he saw a fig tree afar off having leaves. And he came to see if it might have anything on it. But when he came to it, he found nothing but what? He looked in the paper to see for, to look for a job and he didn't see any jobs in his field. Oh, he, she been single for 15 years and it don't look like a man's insight. I'm just going to look at your neighbor and say, he coming down your street. <laughs> look at verse 14. And Jesus answered and said to the tree, every time thoughts of I'll never get married come, you better talk to that thought. Every time you open up the paper and you don't see a job that relates to your field, you better talk to that thing. It said, Jesus answered the tree and said, no man eat fruit from you hereafter forever. Read this part with me. And his disciples heard Jesus wasn't afraid to speak his faith. You know why? Because faith has a voice. Notice he didn't think what he wanted that tree to do. He spoke it out loud. Soon as that thought hit you, you'll never get married. Father, I thank you that my husband is here in the earth realm. And I thank you you're going to line me up with him. And he's going to find me at the right place at the right time in Jesus' name. You said it's not good for man to be alone. So that means that there's a lonely man out there that needs me. Watch this now. After Jesus did that, his disciples heard him. So now let's jump down to verse 20. It says, and in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Notice now, what he said could not have happened immediately or they'd have saw the fig tree dried up right then and there. See, some things that God wants to do, you won't see it instantly. Jesus didn't let that tree bother him. He spoke to the tree and he expected the tree to do what he said. So he went on about his business. He didn't worry the next day. I wonder if that tree got dried up or not. I wonder did God hear my prayer for this job I want. I wonder did he hear me for this promotion I'm applying for. I wonder did he hear me for this wife I want. No, Jesus went about his business. You know why? Because he knew what he said was in faith. Watch this now. Then he says, uh, Peter says, well, notice now the tree was dried up for them roots too. Now, can you see roots? No. And see, some of us want to see the word working. Sometimes the word is working on roots. It's underground. He's working on that husband. You can't see it. And see what you do because you're looking in the flesh. 
You verbalize what you see. That fool, he ain't acting right. I tell you what, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going down to the Salvation Army and turn him in. <laughs> Some of y'all going, they take husbands? <laughs> Go try it. Let's see. Come back and tell me next week. <laughs> G, uh, Peter calling the room and said, Master, the fig tree which you curse is withered away. He was shocked. And then Jesus said, he answered him. He answered Peter. He answered them. And he says, have faith in God. When you properly interpret that, it says, have the God kind of faith. But here's what I want you to see. When Jesus spoke to the tree, the faith in his words caused the tree to obey him. So whenever Jesus speaks to something, whoever or whatever he speaks to has to obey what he says because guess what? He is the word. So then he says, you know what? I curse that tree. Guess what I'm getting ready to do? I'm getting ready to bless them and they don't even know it. They're, they're, guess what? Because the Bible says he answered and said to the tree. So guess what now he's saying here in verse 23? And verily he says unto you. In verse 23 or verse 22 he says, now I'm answering them. So think about it like this. Whatever he said to the tree, it happened. So now whatever he's about to say to them, it's got to happen. Because Jesus is going to have what he says. So let's see what he said they ought to have. He says, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever, now it goes beyond the disciples, and now he's talking to whosoever. Now I'm in the picture right now. Now you're in the picture right now. And whosoever, he says, shall say, everybody say say. Everybody say faith has a voice. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou root, removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith, everybody say faith has a voice, shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith, say faith has a voice. Verse 24, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, say faith has a voice. Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. You got to get to a point that whatever you believe in God for, you have to verbalize. Amen. Everybody say faith has a voice. Now go to Hebrews chapter 11. Go to Hebrews chapter 11 because I need to finish my lesson. Go to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. See, the devil, he is so smart. He tricks us by making us feel bad about stuff. And when he tricks us about feeling bad about stuff, he knows that we now don't have confidence towards God. And when you don't have confidence toward God, you ain't going to ask him for nothing. Okay, let's put it in the natural. Your kids know they've been acting up. Come on, you've been a kid. You know you was acting up. Did everything they told you not to do. Room ain't clean. Chores ain't done. You came home late, broke your curfew. You think you're going to ask your parents for something? See, God ain't like that, though. 
See, what you don't understand is your sin state has been covered by the blood. And all the devil wants to do is shut down your voice. Because I'm going to say to you today, your voice is what's going to make your world your world. Go to Hebrews 11, look in verse 3 now. Let me show you this, what I'm talking about. See, God knew that his world and how he created it was voice activated. He said, let there be light. And there was light. He said, let there be whales and fish. And the Bible says they came. Look in verse 3. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed, how? By the word of God. In other words, he said the only reason the world exists is because somebody had to say something. He says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things that we see were not made of things which do appear. In other words, what you see came from what was said. What you see came from what was said. In other words, the creation and what God created, the only reason you see it is because he said something. Well, when are you going to open up your mouth and say something other than some cuss words? That's why your car breaking down. Somebody, somebody car broke down this week and you cursed it. Oh, raggedy car. I don't even know why. God, I hate this car. And you just talked about that car? I know I'm talking. Bow your heads right now. Bow your head. Come on, everybody. Bow your head. Bow your head. Close your eyes. Who, am I, who did that this week? Raise your hand. Uh, I got two, three, four, five hands. Okay, you can look up now. Well, if you can curse the car, you can bless the car. Why don't you take an opportunity when that car breaks down to speak your new car into existence? If God had to use words to make his world appear, you're going to have to use words to make your world appear. Amen. I believe this. Let me see how much time. Oh, shoot. I'm out of time. I believe I have discovered two main reasons why most believers do not get what they say. I believe I've discovered two main reasons why most believers don't get what they say. Would y'all like to know what they are? All right, here's point number three. Faith must have action. Faith must have action. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to now read verse, uh, no, no, Hebrews chapter 4. Go to Hebrews 4 very quickly, and we're going to look at verse 2. See, here's the thing. Faith is received when you hear the word, but faith is believed when you act on the word. I'm going to say that again. Faith is received when you hear the word. However, faith is believed when you act on the word. Now, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2, watch this. This is powerful right here. It says, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. Read it with me. But the word preached 
did not profit them. It did not work for them because it was not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. That means you can hear the word, but if that word is not mixed with faith, what you heard won't work for you. You say, well, pastor, what does being mixed with faith mean? See, faith has an ingredient. When you cook a cake, if you forget to put the part that makes it rise, you're going to have a flat cake. If you forget to put some sugar in that cake, your cake going to taste like yellow dirt. You say, well, what does faith have to be mixed with? Well, go to James chapter 2 and let me show you. See, faith alone doesn't work. Because everybody who got born again got faith, but things ain't working for everybody. There's a reason why. Because faith alone does not work. Look at your neighbor and say, faith alone does not work. Now look in verse 14 of chapter 2 in James. Watch this. He says, for what does it profit, my brother, though a man say he has faith and have not works? Can faith save him? Now, I'm going to ver- jump down to verse 17. Even so, faith, if it has not works, it is what? It is dead being alone. Verse 18 says, yeah, a man may say you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith. Without your works. And I will show you my faith by my works. In other words, the missing ingredient is works. You can't sit around and say what God wants you to have and not do your part. Now, I I have the second missing ingredient because I don't have enough time. I'm going to just quickly give it to you. The second missing ingredient that I believe why people don't get what they say is because, here's the fourth point, you must be full of faith. You must be full of faith. Now, if you go over and read the book of Acts, the Bible says, uh, I, f- uh, I forgot who it was, he was full of faith. Uh, the, the person who died, what was his name? Stephen, he was full, the Bible says he was full of faith. And see, when you full of faith, can't nothing else get in. If I had a full glass of water right here, could nothing get in that glass? And when your heart is full of faith, doubt can't get in. And see, the reason why some of us don't get what we say is because we're not full of faith. You say, well, Pastor, how do I, I get full of faith? You got to get full of the Word. Now, see, some of us, we know what it means to be full. When I was growing up, we used to say, hey, man, where you going? I'm going across the bridge to get full. Now, for those of you who don't understand that language, being full means to get drunk, to get loaded, to get lit, to get, well, I don't know what word they use these days. What word they use these days? Who? Drove? Who? Throw? How you know? (laughs) That's one of my age, too. (laughs) I'm just messing with him. He can take it. He can take it. Man, you got to be full of the word. 
And that's our problem. We full of TV. We full of the radio. We full of fiction books. We full of everything. But we ain't full of that word. Because when you get full of that word, can't nothing else get in there. And when you full of the word and you begin to say it out of your mouth, what's in your mouth is going to manifest in your life. Doubt can't get in when you're full of faith. So I challenge each and every one of you, whatever area of your life you may be struggling in, I dare you to put the word in there that you are so full. See, when you're full of the word, you can't cuss nobody out. Ain't no cuss words in there. Look at your neighbor and say, are you still cussing? I mean, at least work on it. I mean, some of y'all ain't ain't got a goal to stop. I mean, you know, cussing, I I was a bad cusser, man. I mean, it was, I was cussing. I had to make a decision that I don't want to do that no more. And see, before God can strengthen you to do all things, you have to decide you want to do it. I don't know if y'all got that right there. See, the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But he can't give me the strength to do it until I make a decision that I want to do it. You don't get the strength first and then do it. You make a decision to do it and then the strength comes. Come on, make a go. I'm only going to cuss five times a day. And if you use five, make sure they count. (laughs) Don't be cussing for no reason. Make sure it count. So at least when your quota goes down, you say, I got my mouth full right there. I let them have it. Everybody say faith has a voice. For 2013, for you to move forward, you got to talk forward. And to talk forward, you got to see forward. And to see forward, you got to hear forward. And when you hear forward, you got to believe forward. And when you believe forward, guess what? You will manifest forward. Because see, what I'm teaching you right now, it ain't something that I just read. I know this is what I'm talking about right here. Because see, most of y'all in this room, I spoke y'all here. You don't even know why you came to this church. You was driving to somebody else's church. And then all of a sudden you said, let me go back over here. Because you have what you say. Did anybody get anything out of the word today? With every head bowed and every eye closed, you may be here this morning. And you've never made Jesus Christ.